welcome to the Open Government Podcast. I'm Richard Pietro. And I'm Samir Vasta. Each episode of the Open Government Podcast, we bring you an interview with someone working on open government and citizen engagement in their community. And today we have Daniel Bourgeois, who is a city councillor for the city of Moncton. He was one of the invited guests for the Open Government Tour in Moncton. And Daniel and I exchanged a very interesting back and forth, uh, because as most of people who know me know that I have some strong views against politicians. And whenever I shared that perspective with the audience, Daniel made sure to correct me with this term saying professional politician as opposed to municipal politician. So, Daniel, can you explain that difference a little bit more for our audience? Sure. There's a lot of people who don't make a distinction between municipal, provincial, and federal. But there is a huge difference because in provincial and federal politics, uh, it's usually governed by leaders and political parties. But at the municipal level, most of the elected officials in the 5,000 municipalities in Canada are volunteers. They have a full-time job or they could be retired and they do this on a part-time basis. There's no partisanship involved. It's it's just uh, 10 hours a week or 20 hours a week. So we're really grounded more as community development officers, much more than politicians. And because of that, it sort of flavors the way that we try to enhance democracy because we live and and uh, work and uh, play right besides our constituents on a daily basis rather than the provincial and federal politicians who are often at the Capitol or in their in their offices in the Capitol or deliberating in the, in the Capitol on a full-time basis. I love the idea of the community development officer. Can you tell me how that role as a community development officer plays into this idea of open government and how that wouldn't be so uh, in the case of other kinds of politics? It's a different perspective. Now, not all municipal councillors have that perspective. A lot of them do have the old style, I'm elected to make decisions for the people, and uh, they can talk to me at every four years or three years, whenever the mandate (laughs) is there. But most of, I would say, the newer and and most of the councillors in general uh, don't have that approach, don't have that top-down superiority complex. They, Like I said, we we go grocery shopping, uh, we go at the hockey arena, we go uh, at, at uh, concerts and venues and other stuff, and we work for the most part. Uh, we're not all retired, so this is not our full-time job. So we we do live a real normal life. It's not a political life. The politics is sort of like a, a part-time side thing for us. So because we have a more grounded reality with our constituents and our fellow citizens, we, uh, most of us anyways, see the world in uh, politics is a different beast. And at the municipal level, it's how do we get together all 11 or 9 or 7 members of council, whichever the, the formula may be, and, and make the best decisions for this community, regardless of what's going to happen during the next election, regardless of what our our political partisan members think and, and the caucus thinks. We're out there on a public basis. We uh, hammer out decisions. We make uh, votes. And uh, the results are what they are. There's no other consideration than what we think is best for the community. Now, one of the things uh, that that was huge news for me at the event is you mentioned a moment a moment ago. This is like a part time job for you, and and that you're paid like a minimum wage, or you're not you're not paid much. Uh, is this true? Is this? Can you confirm this again? 
Yeah, I don't know what the actual amount. I think it's about $16,000 that we get for working 22 hours per week, uh, 50 hours a week. That's the way it's calculated. Other municipalities uh, make more, others make less. The bigger the municipality, the odds are that they would be full-time political councillors. In Halifax, for instance, I think is the only maritime municipality that has full-time councillors, and they are paid on a full-time basis, probably in the sixty dollars to $75,000 a year range. So there, they have that as a full-time occupation. But for the rest of the maritimes and for the vast majority of Canadian municipalities, uh, this is uh, either we're retired or we have a full-time job or a part-time job, and sitting on a municipal council is a six, 10, 20 hour a week thing. Now you mentioned uh, that not only is there a different perspective, but there's also seems to be a very different dynamic because you have smaller councils, like you mentioned seven, 10, 12. I mean, in some of the larger uh, communities or cities like Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver, you could have something like 40 or 50 councillors. Can you describe a little bit on how open government in general, can play a different role in a smaller community in terms of its execution? Like, would it be easier to execute because you have smaller council? Well, I, I think that's a very interesting question, and I, I don't know the answer. All I can tell you is that in a small municipality, the smaller you are, I would gather, uh, it's, uh, it's the stronger the link is between uh, the elected officials and the constituents on a daily basis. Uh, like I said, you live in the community, you work in the community, you shop and you play in the community on a daily basis. So so you, you have to be open and transparent because people will walk up to you on the street and ask you questions. If you're a provincial or a federal politician, you rarely have the time to do a lot of these things because you are full-time. It would be a good question to figure out if there's a difference between the full-time councillors, like in Halifax or Montreal or, or Toronto, and the part-time councillors that you find in most municipalities. But the question about open government, uh, the principles are there for the smaller municipalities because you are open and transparent as, and as direct as possible with your constituents on a daily basis. Would uh, tools, uh, electronic tools, uh, sure, they would help. Uh, they're always helpful because they can put a lot of document online, storage, uh, people, you know, you refer to something, you say, yes, we did vote on this two weeks ago or four months ago, and people can do the research and go look it up. Uh, if you want to ask them for their opinion, you want to survey, you want to uh, have a deliberation online, and, you know, instead of having a one-off, you and your constituent at the grocery store, you might say, well, by the way, uh, next month we're going to have a, a survey, an online survey and uh, deliberation. We'll post documents, you read them, you comment them, and other people will comment, and we'll have a really good discussion so that the entire community instead of just your six or seven or ten councillors can make the discussion. We rarely, even Moncton with uh, 70,000 people, it's a small, mid-sized city, we rarely survey our citizens. So it, these kinds of tools would be very useful for us, on, especially on the major decisions. If you could give, uh, if you could tell people who are wary of uh, interacting with their politicians, uh, whether on the municipal level or any other level, who are wary or who don't know how, if you could give them one piece of advice in 30 seconds on how they can approach and what kinds of things you're looking for, what would you say to people? 
to municipal politicians, especially the volunteer ones, you can talk to them on a daily basis. I'm sure they wouldn't mind because they usually don't have any office to, to say, hey, you know, this is off my, my hours, so would you mind coming to my office tomorrow at 9? So we don't have offices. You're at the grocery store. People will talk to you. You're at the mailbox. People will talk to you. Just don't be shy. It's your taxes. It's your elected representative. And, and usually you, you would know them, or if not, they're, they're not, they're not going to bite you. They're really, for the most part, very nice people, uh, altruistic, uh, serving the public. Uh, there may be a few that uh, are there for their own interest. They want to use it as a uh, stepping stone for provincial or federal politics. But when you talk to them, then you'll figure that out. Or you'll see that they're there for your uh, benefit, and uh, they would really appreciate your opinion on a lot of these things. Well, thank you so much, Danielle, for joining us. I know that while I was in uh, Moncton, that, that that's brief interaction we had certainly opened up my eyes to understand municipal politics a little better because I'm not a fan of politicians like I said in the first place but I like the way how you frame it and um, and I'm glad that uh, you sort of understand that open gov is a different way of doing things and you've embraced that so thank you so much for joining us today Daniel it was a pleasure thanks Richard thanks Sabina that was Daniel Bourgeois from Moncton on the Open Government Podcast thanks for joining us today and we'll be back soon with our next interview with someone in the open government community and if you've got any, excuse me, if you've got any questions about today's episodes, if you'd like to speak to Danielle a little bit more, you can do so by uh, tweeting to our hashtag, which is OGTPod. My, ha- uh, my Twitter handle is at Richard Pietro. I'm at Vasta, and thanks again to Keith McDonald for the podcast music. Thanks for listening.